Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of After School Talk. I am your co-host, Mr. Dukes. And I'm your other co-host. Oh, that's... <laughs> Get to the heat! <sighs> Who are you? Dr. Dukes. Dr. Dukes. Dr. Dukes and Miss mm-hmm. Dukes in the his house. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, so... Lost in the sauce. Lost in the sauce, but that's what makes this organic. <laughs> Learn the new word. Yep. Um, Spell it. Don't start. <laughs> um. So what we what we talk about today? Um. Well, first we're gonna um do a recap of the last episode. Um. We had Mr. DeAndre Stuckey, our son, on Shout our last to episode. Son, DeAndre Stuckey. Yeah, and it was a couple things that AKA Stuck Dog. <laughs> Stuck Dog for president. You know what? He used to say that, but what president was he running for? I don't even think we had like class presidents at, at the creek at that time. He was just stuck off for president. Yeah, stuck off for president. That's it. <sighs> Bless his heart. <laughs> but um, a couple of things uh, that we wanted to say. First of all, shout out to all the former students who shared the post on Facebook. Um, uh, from co-workers who text us. They were listening to it. They laughed. They cried and really had an opportunity to hear how he ended up at the school because we are always remember him as a personality around the building. Right. If you worked or were uh, uh, at that school, number one, or you were a student in his class in particular and did not know him, I don't see how that was nearly impossible. You had to be under a rock because he just knew everybody and was just big personality. As you can tell by his um, uh, demeanor on the show last week. But also he, um, like we said, he, he, he stuck out like a sore thumb in that school. There were very few students who even had dreads at the time at the school. It was, yeah. And then tattoos, grill, pant, his pants sagged like none of them. <laughs> that was his style. That's how he dressed. But for the most part, that wasn't the... Um, that was just, He just didn't look like the rest of the students. But I, I'm glad that he got an opportunity to share some things. And you even had a, a co-worker that works with you during the summer who talked about how She's been listening to the episodes with her friends on a trip and how they pause sometime during the episode to talk about stuff. Talk about that, yeah. So, I went back to listen to Stucky's episode and realized something that we talked about, but I wanted to go back to was the fact that he got expelled for stealing paper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely something wrong with the, uh, uh, what is it? Um, people. The, yeah. <laughs> the, the people at yeah. the school. Because well, how you, it's paper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and who knows? Maybe maybe Stucky didn't tell her. I don't know. But uh, just taking it I for believe what, my son. <laughs> just taking it for what we know. Uh, a student stole some paper, and the punishment was for them to be expelled from school. Now, my thing is this: I don't care what kind of student it was. You know, troublemaker, been, gets uh, get in trouble every day. Yada yada yada. And it's like we just waiting on do that one last thing so we can just put them out. The fact that that was the the incident that caused him to get expelled is is crazy, mm-hmm. crazy, crazy. Like he, you really he, think about his paper, right? It, and and I don't know. It, and he said it was art. It was but, art paper. But I don't care. Maybe I that made a difference. Care. I have no it's, idea. I've never been an art teacher. But it's paper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if we really go into it, this is equivalent to where you see men who have spent the last 25 years in jail over selling $70 worth of weed, which if you go and see the movie Just Mercy, which has Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan, and Jamie Foxx has talked about that in several interviews. 
about how his dad spent years in prison over Pitty not even. Not even that he was he had he had maybe seventy dollars worth of weed on him. So whatever it was, it was so like so twenty five years in prison for that or yeah. like what? Yeah. So a student who is already on the edge and could possibly drop out anyway, you decide to put the knife in the coffin because he sold paper. Right, right, right. And like I said, when you when you hear it, it's just like what what the world? I don't even make sense. Because the other thing too, if a teacher Plenty came up to us. If a teacher came up and said Shailen stole some paper, and she about to be expelled for the rest of the year, expelled like that, we we some, wait a something, minute, mm-hmm. yeah, that's going. Now way we too understand far. that, like I said, the punishment it doesn't fit the crime. That's thing we understand that maybe there is a consequence right, that's going to happen, but she can't even go to school no more over right. paper. Right, right, right. And the sad part is that you know he didn't have anybody to come defend him and comes up to the school because everybody doesn't have a parent that's going to raise hell that's true and say okay i get it i know some. i know there has been punishment but not expelled from school he can't even come back right really in truth we can look at that as the that was the tipping point oh yeah absolutely um and you just said he ain't had nobody coming to his uh his defense, defense uh with the whole thing and that's that's something that we as educators got to understand and, and realize too um sometimes when we give these punishments is is not helping at all because like even even Stegen said he him getting expelled was no problem for him. Like okay, uh-huh. y'all doing me a fa- favor because okay. I ain't want to be here anyway. To the house I go. So I- <laughs> you know it goes back to what I say all the time about being intentional um, with anything and even with punishments. You got to be intentional. Like you take your child for instance. You won't necessarily uh, I don't know ground them for two months. No going outside. No going with your friends. None of that for something I don't know petty they around the house. The apple juice. Right, just spill the apple juice. So. You know, even even in the school system, we got to make sure uh, the punishment fits the crime. Like that that was that was way too hard. Like you said, we we talked about <laughs> it after the fact, um, after just listening to it. But it was that was just super crazy, super crazy. Super crazy. That was that was one of the points. I was like, what in the world? Wait a minute, go back. Yeah. I, I should have pushed that. <laughs> but then the other thing was that um, you know our students uh, recognize that we put in an effort towards them. But I always like to highlight the fact of, especially with Stucky, it took the other educators to really pull that whole story together. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. without the assistant principal, his teachers, um, the principal who even was like, I don't care. He coming back to the school. We are, we are going to help him graduate here. Without everybody coming together with that plan, it wouldn't have worked. Even the PE coaches who, who when they saw the Facebook post, was like, Stucky. Mm-hmm. Because he took, so he had to take several PE classes just to get a, because he only, he didn't even need that many credits. Like, right. a but, poor subject credit. Right. But considering that he was 21 years old at the time, like he, fin- no, he, yeah, he, he was 20, he was 20, he was 20 his senior year. And then graduated at the end of the year at 21, it was like, hey, man, we got to make sure you in class all day. Mm-hmm. You are not going to have no free time. We need to keep you busy. But that wasn't even going to be the same, But that wasn't even the issue. Richmond County won't let you just, oh, take a class and then be yeah. home for the rest of the day, right? Yeah. So the thing about it was they could have easily just discarded him, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. They could have been a teacher that had him in the room was, ugh. Because truth be told, we had teachers in that building that did not necessarily understand him, did not um, understand his story. So they looked at it as a waste of time. Like, why yeah. would I waste my time with it? So we were strategic in he has to be with teachers who 
were going to still push him. Right, push him, push but him. still work with him at the same time. Like, right, you understand right. his background, you understand his story, but at the same time, he is still a student in this school. Mm-hmm. And he will still be taking classes. He will still be held accountable for everything he do and do uh, don't do. He do. He, Everything he, he does, does and does not. <laughs> See, this what y'all made me mad. I'm telling y'all. Yeah, I work them numbers. That's yes. it. Yes. Now, I know I'm country, but. I mean, I'll account- say, anyway, I say anyway. stuff wrong too. I can't say that. Anyway, he will be held accountable for everything he does and does not do. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So yeah, we had a great episode with him. Looking forward to having him come back because in one and one thing I saw him and his English teacher is that I want him to come back and talk about when we had our first parent teacher conference with him. So be on the lookout for that. That was my first time ever having to be a parent. In my 20s. <laughs> right, right, right. And that parent-teacher conference was lit. Yeah. So, we're going to talk about that the next time he comes on. And then going to uh, him becoming a part of the mentoring program. A couple of things that we did. And how it it did turn out to be a wonderful story. But how he still had struggles even when he was living in our house. Absolutely. He still had to whew, pray, touch, and agree over several yeah, things. So, we're going to get into that. Been. Lord Jesus, boy. <laughs> that was a time. <laughs> what a time. But anyway, part two of DeAndre Stuckey and his his Augusta life and how he ended up with us and graduating from school and what he's doing now all that kind of stuff that will come later on uh, in our in our mm-hmm. series of, of podcasts. Right. Um, and of course, other guests and all that kind of stuff. Right. So next on the thing, the docket. So I've had a busy week. Yes, Doctor Dude, you have had a busy week. You've been, you done had event after event after event after event, literally all week long. I think you could have one day off. Monday was my only day off. That was it. That was was the only day I did not have an event. So everything from a three day retreat with the fraternity sororities on campus, the Mm -hmm. executive boards, to a dinner and jazz concert. Yep. Everything you think of. But um, one event in particular that was. I did not know it was going to be this big of a big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was I was had the opportunity to speak at the end of a film screening where we watched the movie, um, the well, the film uh, documentary Push Out, okay. which was uh, tied into a book by Dr. Monique Morris, who is also a Delta. Shout out to Starrod, um, and uh, she talks about the criminalization of Black girls. Hmm. Now, I know I've been running around with all these events and that I mentioned to you when I was asked to do it. Like, oh, look at this. Great. But I already know. I know my husband, you guys, that he was like, this is great. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) No idea what she's doing, but yay. I'm going to be supportive. So. Feel free. This is the, we said we were going to use the podcast the time for you to ask questions. Right, I was about to say this is break this is, down this exactly concept. Okay, so um, me find out about I stretch. it. Stretch. I feel like you about to really test me. No, not even <laughs> that. Um, but me find out about this particular event and uh, Doctor Duke's uh being I I, I don't even want to say panelist because you were the one mm-hmm. talking. Like you yes. were the person talking. And, and the crazy part is as like, if you wrote the book or you did the movie well or it was it was really about okay so you know how you could watch a film that is about the need to make an impact mm-hmm. and the um a person coordinating event felt like she needed somebody to say at the end what are we going to do mm-hmm. like at least leave the audience with call to action do. yes the call to action mm-hmm. so for me i am envisioning a 
lecture style room. Yeah. Maybe holds a hundred people, mm-hmm. and instead it turned out to be the day of the event. She told me she has six hundred and some tickets already. Jesus, yeah. that is crazy. So I'm trying to keep my black girl composure. I want to be like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> no, ma'am, going home. It's not what I signed I up for. I thought it was gonna be a couple of people are sitting around in a circle. Correct. You got me on stage in front of a whole bunch of people. With a spotlight. Like, the light, like the, the light came up and the spotlight came on me. And I had to look at the man for my cue of, okay, I'm about yeah. to talk so he can turn on the microphone. Man, okay, so, mm-hmm. man, that's crazy. I know. Oh, side note, a special moment is that I, ooh, never said it out loud. Um, I was able to speak as Dr. Dukes on the same stage that I danced on in kindergarten ballet. Like, who ever thought you'd come back and you have your whole doctorate degree when you just up here doing like a little shuffle, shuffle, kick, point, plie, and your parents say you look cute and then you go on with your life and then you come back in full circle. This same place has asked me to come back based on my research and my work to speak. That's that's cool. Crazy. That's cool. Crazy, crazy, crazy. That, but this won't be your last time on that stage speaking. No, it will not. We got many more to go. Oh baby. yeah, right. Oh, I'm a nurse. <laughs> but go anyway, yeah, go ahead. What questions? Um, okay, ask? so now now let's back up. So uh, my first time hearing about it was like like you said, just uh, okay, we're gonna sit around in a circle and they want to know my opinion on the book or the the document or whatever, and that's pretty much it. Um, it wasn't until the event happened. That I realized, oh, this was a big deal because number one, I saw pictures, I saw posts. Um, I even had some a uh, couple of people come up to me and say, "You did a great job." Um, I know your mom was there. She said you did a great job, and like I said, I, I just did not realize how big the thing was. And because you had such a busy week, we just never had a time to to yeah. talk about it. So let me back up for a second. Um, this was a book first and a documentary. Yes. All right. Uh, what? What is the author really talking about in this book or the director talking about in this documentary? What's the, I know you said, uh, how, uh, well, you, well, you, you explain. Yeah. So, um, number one, I, uh, so, okay. So the event is already in place and I'm stepping in. So I had to play catch up on what was really what the book was about and what the film was going to be about. But it's okay. So the name of the book is Push Out the Criminalization of Black Girls in School. Mm-hmm. So in the book and in the film screening, we are watching, hearing, reading about the excess of um, discipline measures for black girls. Okay. Okay. So in particular, uh, there was a the very first girl was the most powerful one. All of us said they could they could have ended the movie right there. We <laughs> we get the point. That, mm-hmm. that was a powerful moment. So for example, the little girl is now twelve. She remembers that at the age seven, her teacher pretty much, in her opinion, her parents' opinion, were bullying her. But the parents at the time just took it as I trust the teacher. And if the teacher says, my daughter is misbehaving, my daughter is misbehaving. Mm-hmm. So she would constantly get in trouble at home for find, when they would find out she did something in class. But when you look back, the things she she was doing was not uncommon for a seven-year-old. Okay. So right. if another student, I'm saying, I'm giving, I'm just giving an example. So if another student took her toy and she yelled, give me the toy back. 
she got in trouble immediately gotcha. and was told to go sit outside and couldn't come back in the classroom. And instead of the teacher really saying, hey, don't yell, you know, we have to share. You need to give her this. Those kind of conversations weren't mm-hmm. happening. So the uh, girl one day said she had enough. The teacher did not let her play with the other kids for recess and just left her, um, I believe, like outside, like sitting. You know how I'm guessing what it was is that you walk out this door to go to recess. And mm-hmm. so she was told to sit by that door. Mm-hmm. When it was time to come back in, the teacher walked past her, brought the kids in, didn't bring her in. So the little girl was like, okay, bet. And she left the school campus. Uh, wait, wait, you said seven-year-old? Yeah, seven years old. She walks away from the school campus and just like... You know, um, our daughter is six. Exactly. That's why I was like, Shayla is about to be seven. I can't right. imagine her I walking around imagine her walking by herself. Away. So when she goes and walks around, the little girl gets to a bridge and says she remembers thinking to herself, I should probably go to heaven now because it would be easier. At seven? At seven. And you heard the whole audience go, wow. Like, you know how you hit that Russell through the crowd. And I was thinking, because I've already seen the film because I had to watch it ahead of time in order right. to do the call to action. Right. So I was wondering, you know, how are people going right. to perceive yeah. this? Oh, they were. Then it gets worse. So she continues walking. She goes to Walmart and she, I guess, walking around there and they tell her she can't be in there without a parent. So mm-hmm. she leaves out. She stops at a restaurant next to Walmart, asks for a cup of water. They give her a cup of water. But in the meantime, the manager or, or one of the employees goes to the back and calls the police to say, hey, it's a little girl who came in here, asked for a cup of water. She doesn't have a parent with her, and we're concerned. So the police say, well, how old do you think she is? They say 12. Okay. Now, remember, um, in this book and in the film, they talk about how black girls are perceived as older than what they are. And mm-hmm. that we don't take time out to realize they're just children. Mm-hmm. So when you see... and you gonna, and when I say this, you're going to know exactly what I mean. When you see a black girl who's yelling and fussing and mad, you start thinking she's the same age as you. You're right. ready to go toe-to-toe yeah. instead of thinking, wait, she is 15. She's just angry. Let me let me lower it down, right? Mm-hmm. So they say, they say, well, we think she's 12. They said they hear the person say, because um, they heard, the parents heard the recording. of the, I guess they played it back for them once they found the girl. Whatever. The point is, they heard the recording of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And the person says, does the girl look upset? And they were like, no, she doesn't look, um, she doesn't look upset. They were like, okay, well, she'll be fine then. Now that's tough. That's it. That is tough. Done deal. So called the police. And then the police was like, I mean, what you want to do? She 12, she black, she out there, she all right. That's messed up. At least find out what's going on. Yes. So in the meantime, while that's happening, the school has now realized she is missing and they called the father to tell him your daughter left campus. So he goes, wait, wait a minute. When was the last time you saw her? They say 9 a.m. What time did they call him? After 11. So this girl been gone. She has been gone all this time and this teacher has not said anything. Right. You haven't. uh, And my thing is this, like we say, it is very easy for a student to walk off in high school. Mm -hmm. Because all I have to do is, let's say in between class changes, I just don't go to my next class. With class changes... My your fourth period won't know that whether you were here or not here during your third period. Exactly. So I'm just looking like uh, I don't know. I they, just think they, Melvin is not, not here today. But now a seven year old—that's elementary school. They all together. You would think they getting they getting counted. <laughs> they all together, but they're always together. Oh, day. So you would have sat down in the classroom going, "Wait a minute, I started I'm off missing with somebody in this teams. desk, and I ain't heard nothing right. about it. Like, where are they? Right. That's crazy. Two hours. Mm-hmm. Well, over two hours. Over two hours. 
because the last time you remember seeing her was at nine, and we in fall, we know that wasn't even it. It could, yeah, it could have been eight thirty, eight o'clock, whatever, mm, whatever. So that was just hearing that little girl talk about how she did not feel, and, and the school she was at before she got to this school, she was a star student. Then she gets to this school and just falls off, and it's not the same, not the same feelings. Good gracious. So we really get into the conversation of how do you perceive black girls at your school. Um, uh, j- j- being able to understand them, and most importantly, the the author talks about having schools be locations of healing in order to be locations of learning. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. So, um, that's the kind of recap or the uh, overview summary of the book and the movie. Now, here's your time. What was what was your response reaction to the documentary, the book? Like what? What? What did you have to say to the to the audience? Now, because this is after school talk, mm-hmm. and we talk after school, which yeah. means we gonna tell it like it is. Oh yeah, I wasn't a hundred percent rocking with it. Okay, not a hundred percent. Because a hundred percent rocking with what? The the overall. Okay, I get which I I completely understood the book, mm-hmm. but what I did not want my audience to walk away with is. Well, what we have to do is just let black girls just run free and be themselves, and there's no consequence, no more suspensions. Don't don't do any consequences. That's mm-hmm. not no, because that's how somebody's gonna perceive it. Right. And several educators I talked to, especially in our county, were like, "Oh God, <laughs> they are reading this book." So now, like we already deal with student accountability is a huge issue. We will now have people when you are trying to discipline a student come to you and say, "Well, she's black and she poor, so that's why that happened. So you can't discipline her." Right? No, 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 no. I wanted people to erase the whole thought of discipline for a moment and think about this: Is the school structured in a way that a student can really heal? Bingo. Can we even? Bingo. Because my issue is going to be this: um, If I understand and I have a student who has, um, uh, hmm areas that she needs to be strengthened in through conversations with a uh, mental health professionals, Mm -hmm. right? If I need that, but I don't have it on my campus, then we're not going to get anywhere because she's going to keep exhibiting this behavior, which is going to make it difficult to have learning environments. And we're just going to keep going in circles. Right. So consequences are great because sometimes, because they're needed, period. Ain't no sometimes. I need a consequence to understand that this could be destructive for me in life. So the consequence for me continuously eating carbs is that I'm going to get bigger and I can get diabetes and then I can die. So that's the consequence. I got to right. understand we don't want you to live a uh, unhealthy life. So we're trying to let you know, pay attention to what you're doing. Right. Mm-hmm. But if I have students who they need somebody to talk to, you have two guidance counselors in the whole school. Who? How? Houseway, how are we gonna even have time for that? So that was the call to action was to yes, I agree that um black girls need to be seen and understood. Absolutely, as a black girl who feels that a hundred percent, especially working at a predominantly white institution, mm-hmm. right? That schools should be places of healing in order to be places of learning. Mm-hmm. And that the school system has to rethink the structure of the Staffing How do in I order say, to become places. Staffing ahead. and re- just resources in general, whether mm-hmm. it is a, a actual body or um a, a place in the building. Um, because mm-hmm. like sometimes uh, a student may just need quiet time in a room. Like I just just give them 10, 15 minutes, depending on the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, giving them ten, fifteen minutes. That's why I say resources. But 
Okay, Definitely. so let me push let me push you on this then because okay. this was in the film yep. and I said, Oh Lord, I want I if I could get all of my teacher friends on every level, elementary, middle, and twelfth mm-hmm. to hear this part of the movie, I guarantee y'all would have you know the memes where they just be like, Oh, oh, like on dear white people when they all looking and all on turn around like, yeah, Oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this part right here. There was a educator who said that a teacher they were in a they were in a classroom with the principal. So I'm I really I don't know if these were teachers or administrators, but the point was the teacher was saying that um, the the student just kept asking if she could just call her mom. She needed to call her mom real quick, real quick, and that she let the student step outside the room to call her mom. And then after she let her do that, she calmed down, everything was good, and she was able to go ahead and do her lesson. Okay. How likely in the schools that we have worked at would that have rolled as smoothly? Uh, it it, it would have never happened, I don't think. Because, <laughs> why? You tell me why. Well, for one, we're not supposed to have phone. Like, were they on the cell phone? Cell or? phone, baby. Oh, yeah. Cell well, phone. I'm in, I'm in class one. and I need to talk to my mama. Yeah, that's number one. No cell phones are, are supposed to be allowed. That's the first thing. Um, well, they're allowed. You're just not supposed to be talking. Right, them, not supposed know? to be using them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not supposed to be using them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and the hush. I don't know. I mean, it, it just it just won't won't go well. Because uh, my thought process is this. How many times have we seen students abuse that kind of privilege? There you go. Yeah, that's what I'm. Yeah. Let, and how many times have say. I literally? I have sat in a room and there was a student who wanted to get their parent to bring them some food up, mm-hmm. and I said, "Well, y'all are not allowed to have outside food." But I'm, and then it but get I'm blown hungry. up. And, and they, I mean, within up. five minutes, they were calling on the intercom for her. Right. And what has she done? Snuck out, called somebody, and still got the food brought up there, right. which is something she's not even allowed to do. Right. So my thing was that is that don't just. Be careful when you're throwing out methods that may not work at every school. Right. Because like they say, they give us these unicorns and roses and they ain't where we work. We right. got to have a little a little more structure around that kind of uh, privilege. Yep. Or or the other thing is you let one student do it and now the other student looking Come like, well, well, I need to do this too. And I, I, I need to call my daddy. I need to call this person. I need to text such and such and I need help with this, that, and third. And, uh. and before you know it, it's a, it's a fight in the room. You against all the students because... You won't let them use it for right. whatever reason, and you allow this one to use it. Right. Because yeah, so it's, it's, what makes what makes her being able to step out and call her mom different from another one who wants to step out and call their sister? Right. Everybody now needs to have a phone privilege at a certain time. Like, you have to... You, I think the issue is that we worked in the school system and had somebody come in with that kind of suggestion and say it so flippant, flippantly, like, that's... Oh, well... All you had to do was that. Just do this. Just do Girl, that. Girl, It's not that easy. <laughs> it's, it's not, not that easy. Because there's so much that's going to go into it and come with it Ugh. from that, that one situation. That one situation. And see, I think that, I know that if you were able to offer these students more time for healing, mm-hmm. more time to speak freely about concerns and issues that they're having, more time to grow and develop their character skills over their mathematical skills, then maybe we can get to the point where they can be in class and say, hey, 
I completely understand this lesson is going on right now. They will function more professionally, right? Yeah. But we got to get them there. You can't just assume that because you're 15 that you just know to do that. Right. And, and that if I give you access to whatever, we're going to be okay. Right. It definitely got to be a, a conversation. It can't be anything that I just implement, mm-hmm. you know, starting tomorrow mm-hmm. and think everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It got to be an ongoing conversation. Like we say all the time, being intentional. Mm-hmm. Got to be intentional with, with implementing a, a, a policy or whatever this particular process will be. Right. You just got to be intentional intentional with it and you got to be consistent. That's the other thing. Got to be consistent with it. Yeah. Because it, 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 it absolutely could work. Mm-hmm. It absolutely could work. But the gotta students got to... Right. And the students got to understand, like, I'm allowed to do this mm-hmm. if such and such. Now, as soon as you start making up stuff <laughs> to, to fit the mold so you can, mm-hmm. all right, now we got to adjust and we're going to have right. a conversation. Mm-hmm. Got to have a conversation. Right. Because it's just like when you say... um well, some of these students can't get to school on time because they're having to take care of a sibling. Some. Right. Not everyone. Right, right. So now the one who does not have to take care of a sibling goes, well, Melvin ain't got to get to school on time. Well, I got to get to school on time. I got to get on time. We're yep. not communicating the situation or coming up with a system that really is productive where people are empathetic to others. Mm. People understand what their role is and what their accountability is. And, you know, they move accordingly, the students. Right. And I'm going to throw this in here before we go on to the last topic. Um. The the beauty of this book and the film is is that we push for black girls to be seen um, as uh, human, really. Mm-hmm. That, yes, we come from a different culture and may have a little flair or sugar and spice about us, but that does not mean we are, um, what's the word, challenging authority. Mm-hmm. So one particular thing that I, I did like was and that <laughs> one of the educators that said a middle school here came and said to me was that if a girl sucks her teeth or rolls her eyes that is not mean. She needs to be expelled from school and she is being disrespectful to you. Right. You know, so that kind of went along with the story with Stucky of taking a paper. Sometimes you have to like scale back, think back and that we have people who come from different backgrounds who perceive the mannerism of, of black girls as a sign of insubordination. And that's the issue. Like, you cannot assume just because she rolled her neck when she said something that she's somehow challenging you and threatening your authority. Uh, we They even talk about that, how some of the teachers were scared of the girls, like scared of the students. Scared of uh, the students in the, in the movie? Yeah. Scared of what students? Who? Scared of the black girls. Oh, my Jesus. And, the, you know, the girls were laughing. They're like, wow, like, which scared of us for, but they were, and and that's something that we've heard before. Um, mm-hmm. being scared of the black girls, being scared of the, of the black boys, like being scared. Period. Um, but uh, again, that's a conversation that's to a have. Conversation to have too, right? Right. That's a conversation to have. So I know that gave y'all some thinking points. Um, I'm sure your friend has stopped <laughs> several times <laughs> in this. Wait, wait, I gotta discuss this. But um, we had another topic. What's our other topic for today? In particular, oh, I hit something on my screen. Mm. Messing stuff up. Not going to get to it today, huh? Okay, so the other thing to talk about today was um, the Aaron Hernandez film, the documentary. Oh, yeah. You the Aaron Hernandez um, thing. Um, so. I'm glad we're not filming right now because, boy, some people can see. I had to face off. I'm sorry. I don't know why. You all Because I'm preparing for the next segment as I, as I should be. I could keep a face. Um, Ooh, so one of the uh, another big documentary that came out this week was the Aaron Hernandez uh, documentary. Um, if you don't know, Aaron Hernandez is and I a, don't know so is a uh, I'm definitely ignorant of this. 
Aaron Hernandez. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, he played football. Played for the for the New England Patriots. Um, great, great athlete. Uh, but he ended up committing a couple of murders and ended up being sentenced to a lifetime print, uh, prison sentence. And then he later on uh, committed suicide in jail. At least that's what that's what being told he could he committed uh, suicide in jail. Um, but backing up, um, great high school career. Uh, end up going to college at University of Florida. Um, and end up getting drafted eventually in like the fourth round. Um, to the New England Patriots, where he had a again a great career even as a even as a rookie. Um, but he had a couple of troubling things going on in his life um where he just kind of got mixed up into the the street lifestyle <laughs> i guess you can say uh and you, you know not necessarily he was into it so much but he just found himself you know mixed in with a couple of guys that just were not good period um and i say that because like i said it wasn't like was he was he, in a is this like when you say got mixed in the stuff is this like a takashi 69 kind of mixed up if you don't know Takashi Six Nine, kinda, because that's what I was about to say, and I and I say mixed up because it wasn't like he was in a gang growing up, mm-hmm. and you know all this kind of stuff. He just literally got tied up with a couple of guys that. But see that, and the reason why I asked that is because because uh, did I get mixed up with somebody that was already involved in stuff like this? That's what I'm asking. And 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 that's what makes his situation so unique. It's it's almost like he placed himself. With with these these guys that mm-hmm. that that didn't mean him no no good at all. Like if he had just didn't mean him no good no good at all. If he had he had just gone the the football route, played football, he would have been straight. I, I really feel like um he brought a lot of things on to himself, and by the end of the movie, it's all being tied to this thing called CTE. Um, and CTE is chronic traumatic, and this is since you gonna put me on blast. I was trying to listen to see how to say this last word. Chronic traumatic encephalopathy. No, no, because you put me on blast. I'm handling myself now. Anyway, CTE. It is a progressive degenerative degenerative Mm -hmm. disease of the brain found in people with a history of repetitive brain trauma, often athletes, including symptomatic uh, concussions as well as asymptomatic uh, subconcussive hits to the head that do not cause symptoms. Now so, you say it's crazy, but would you would you bring it up? I just had um a student that I was talking to. Um, we were just going around talking about leadership and when did you have your first moment as a student leader? And he mentioned he knew I'm I'm paraphrasing, but he he remember being he remembers being in a boys and girls club, but he doesn't remember anything pat uh like from from 15 on back because mm-hmm. he's 20 something now right, right. i'm like how you just i said did you purposely blot it out he said no i had 10 10 concussions and there yeah. you go he played football and, 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 he, and he said he probably has had more but he doesn't know and so he does not remember his childhood and that's what mm-hmm. comes with um being diagnosed with the whole cte yeah, okay uh, situation okay um, now i have a relevance point and and like i said by the end of the documentary you you realize uh that clearly that's what he has and after uh Aaron Hernandez passed, um the the family actually signed his brain over to be studied even further. And it came out that um he has one of the worst conditions of CTE for a twenty seven year old uh person and that's how old he was um 
when it when he died. But um, but you know, it it comes from again the whole concussion and getting hit in the head and all this kind of stuff. And they say that uh, that's probably you know maybe where his aggression, his anger, uh, his frustration, where all of that came from, simply because of of those concussions. Um, and I'm I'm really bringing this up for a couple of reasons. Um, yes, that may be a factor. That, that definitely may be a factor, especially when you're talking about this kind of condition uh, has a play on on how you think, how you mm-hmm. react, um, how you respond to different situations and stuff like that, or, or what you put yourself in. But the other thing is, of course, as educators, we are always, um, or we should be, always observing uh, students, um, paying attention to their, um, uh, I guess, daily habits, daily mm-hmm. routines, mm-hmm. you know, how they responding in class and stuff like that. And the unfortunate thing about Aaron Hernandez is I really don't think, and maybe, maybe it did, they just didn't talk about it in the documentary, which I wouldn't mind them doing. Um, but just talking about his behavior actually in school um, and seeing if there was any kind of difference in him, you know, as time went on uh, from maybe 9th to 10th, 10th to 11th on to, you know, graduating high school. And I get it. Once you become a pro- professional football player, all we're thinking about is scoring touchdowns, yeah. uh, ta- making tackles, Hold making our money, all this kind of stuff, trying to get paid. It's so the I, same I thing you do part. with students. Are you looking at his test scores and whether or not they're going to graduate? Bingo. It's the same Bingo. thing. Once, Bingo. And the, and the bigger thing is this. Once Aaron Hernandez became a, uh, what's the word? A liability. Yeah, yeah. We got to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Stucky. He's now a liability. Absolutely. So, still in that paper was the perfect thing to go ahead and get you out of here because you're going to mess up my graduation rate. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's funny you say that because, Tell the truth, shame because some people say that this this documentary was a way for the New England, New England Patriots to wash their hands of Aaron Hernandez for good and say, you know, we ain't have nothing to do with that. You know, separate us forever. Don't ever bring us together again. And and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But um, but like I say, us as educators, we just we just got to make sure we are definitely paying attention to our students and, and stuff like that. Um, because their lives are in our hands, mm-hmm. point blank. Period. Their lives are in our hands. When we graduate a student that has done nothing for four years, but we give them a diploma, and now they go out into the real world, and people are asking like, "Well, what high school you graduated? They graduated from?" And you, they tell them, "Yep, I was in such such school and such such class." And now it's a reflection of you. Mm-hmm. It is a reflection of you, point blank, and appear. So you know, definitely when you when you got you know kids, uh, uh, and not even just kids, but if you have anybody life in your hands with, with with the decision that you make or um the things that you do for them with them around them to them whatever um it's definitely gonna have a have an impact in the long run so just be just be mindful mindful with that and i just hate it for uh for aaron Hernandez just because he had a a great life um to live had he not gotten involved with with some of the things they got involved with and like i say you can kind of put it on the on the CTE thing. Oh, isn't that the oh goodness the story? I I think so many educators have is that we see students and you hate that they got involved with yeah and absolutely just, uh, absolutely and, and, and I, I I know that uh some teachers elementary and middle school teachers have even said that that when it came. By the time high school came and they found out that the student did, you know, join a gang or got arrested, it, it would hurt them because they saw that early on starting to happen. Mm-hmm. And so once they move out of your class and keep on going, you just, you know, praying that praying there's, that there's they make the right decision. Yeah. But but yeah, it can be the same thing. I, and you know what? It's, it's unfortunate and sad. We put so much emphasis 
on students and development and such and such. But as soon as they cross that line into adulthood, we forget they ever were children. Absolutely. And we forget anything that could have um, positioned them to make these kind of decisions. And you right. want to kind of just be like, oh, well, that's them. But... Yeah, it yeah. is them, but it's, it's them because of some, you know, outside situation or, yeah. or you know, whatever. Because um, you really could look at it as what can we learn from his life that you would try to pour into another student that they don't do the same thing. Yeah, right? absolutely. And and like I said, just just paying attention to, um, you know, just just different habits and and routines and stuff like that. Uh, cause I I definitely think a lot of his his negativity could have been could have been avoided. Like they talk about the the first uh, murder that he he committed supposedly How many he committed did? um two guys end up spilling a drink in the club or something like that. And uh, by the end of the night, uh, Aaron Hernandez and a friend, they ride in the car and they see the guys in the car and they say they pull up next to him and, and Aaron Hernandez just opened fire on both the guys and just killed them all because a drink was spilled. So, you know, it's, it's like situation like that could have easily been avoided. Like that was not necessary at all. But then you think about the whole CTE thing and the way that it has, you know, messed up the brain or, or have some kind of... Uh, effect on the brain and, and his response and, and stuff like that it it may very well have played a part it I may think, very well but you know what people people will always say well because I, I, I do remember um hearing this before about him was that well there are other people who had that same condition absolutely and didn't do this absolutely so um yep, yeah and my thing is my thing is i'm not here to cast judgment oh, i'm not, not here to uh persecute you and your choices and what you did is as extreme as we want to view uh as extreme we know murder to be mm-hmm. I, that's just not what i'm here for I, the whole purpose of this podcast of us being um educators is that we use these stories to say how do we help others right mm-hmm. yeah. and so i can see where even if you don't want to believe that the con- the concussion or anything had to do with it people really got to listen to what you said of just pay attention to their behavior yeah. are they changing yeah, you see some absolutely. difference going on with them stop them and and talk about it because we can even say that about students who necessarily what you're you're not you're not exhibiting moments of anger or fighting but what if you just tuck into a shell there and you, you stop talking to yep. people and you stop hanging around mm-hmm. friends and what's going on you yep. normally are at them i don't know the meetings after school or coming to practice so it could be all kind of things i'm telling you that you just gotta pick up on but ooh. I'm telling you. But if you get a chance, uh, definitely check out that Aaron Hernandez uh, documentary. I think it's a three-part. I think it was three parts. Yeah, three-part documentary. Um, check that out on, on Netflix. We're going to check out the Aaron Hernandez on Netflix. Um, check get out the Push, push out, out book um, by Dr. Monique out, Morris. Push Out documentary. Yeah, I don't know if you if you can watch it. Oh, snap. Yeah, like we had a oh, film screen. special. <laughs> yes. Oh, y'all special. I don't know special. if there's. I'm. You can follow them on Twitter though. Um, that's. <laughs> y'all What's their Twitter? Um, I think it's Push Out Film. Okay. I think it's Push Out Film on Twitter. Um, to check to see if there's a possibility because we had uh, a couple of educators come up to us to ask us how to get access to the screening, and I politely showed them the person who coordinated it, who's a wonderful associate professor of education. So <laughs> I'm sure she knew. Whew, we talked about a lot. We did, um, and we did pretty good on time too. Not, not I gonna guess. hold you, hold you long today. We kind of did, but it's okay. It's okay. It's always okay. It's yeah, because you can always pause and keep listening. Absolutely. And then you can start over. You can send it to a friend. Mm-hmm. Then you, you can, can check out another episode. Mm-hmm. 
Speaking of which, um, don't forget to pray. Oh yeah, pray all the time. Definitely do that. Pay your tithes. Yep. Brush your teeth. Okay. Wash your face. And then I came in with what I was really gonna say. <laughs> um, just talking, just talking about listening to different episodes and stuff like that. But like, share, subscribe. Yes. Uh, Give like, good. Share, share, subscribe. subscribe. Rate us on. Rate us with five stars. Rate us with five stars. <laughs> if you got specific. a four star, send us an email and we'll talk about it. And then you can go back and put five stars. Right. But See don't it. you put that five star, four stars on them. Put five stars on them. <laughs> like I said, if it's not five stars, then holler at us. We'll talk about it. And then, then you can go back. Then you can go back. All right. All right. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I don't know. Um, follow us on Twitter at Dr. Uh, Sharon Dukes and at Two Dukes Up. That's the number two, Dukes Up. Uh, and oh, check us out on The Right Effect. That's our Instagram. The Instagram is The Right Effect because After School Talk Podcast is a branch of The Right Effect. Yeah, absolutely. Check out that website, www.theeffect.com. The Right Effect.com. Yay. You all have a great rest of the day, night, morning, whatever time you are listening to this. We love y'all. Bye. Peace out. Yay.